This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Welcome to the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story, brought to you by Belinda Audio. Listen to Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Hi, this is Cheryl Arkell for the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story. We talk to authors about how they came to tell us their story. Dr. Sarah Woodhouse, welcome to Better Reading. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm feeling that this conversation is very, very timely because I have just suffered a huge trauma and we'll talk about that. Absolutely. Maybe this could be like a counselling session for Cheryl Arkell at Better Reading. (laughs) (laughs) Very happily. (laughs) So Dr. Sarah Woodhouse is a research psychologist and a trauma expert who grew up and trained in the UK and now lives in Australia with her husband and three children. Her research explores how different ways of thinking, feeling and being can affect trauma symptoms. In her work, Sarah uses her knowledge and her personal experience to help people break free from their past and reclaim their lives. Wow, it's such a big job, isn't it? It's such a big job, yes. I'm aware of that is. It's a big topic, big, broad topic. And I do want to talk about this. I'm not joking in a way because I feel the book is called You're Not Broken and it's really been my solace the last couple of days. So all our listeners, and you might have heard that Facebook took thousands of pages down. Ours was one of them. And that is a shock to a small business. It was such a trauma. Now, we pivoted quite quickly. We're capable. I've got great people in my team. And we were back on the next morning. So we're back very quickly and then everyone's like, oh, phew. But do you know, I think I went into post-traumatic stress afterwards Mm. because it's all the what ifs. Also, I had my uncle died recently who I was close to and I felt that it was just layers of things that I wasn't coping with. And these are minor, you know, compared to a lot of people and even those that have been affected by Facebook, many businesses still don't have their page. But it is interesting my response a few days later. And I said to a friend last night, I think I'm in some kind of trauma. Yeah, I'm sure that you would have been, you know, and what you said, um, you know, I know it's not as major as what other people have been through. In the book, that is one of the main messages is it's just trying to get people to understand that we can have a traumatic reaction from relatively kind of commonplace everyday events. And the worst thing we can do is not acknowledge that, is sort of dismiss it. Well, it can't be. Come on, move on. Get on with it. Mm. Um, You know, pull your socks up. Uh, Actually, what you did was right to take a beat and and speak to someone and just say, do you know what? I've I've got a feeling this this might be actually quite traumatic. And as you own it and as you say it, you know, you connect with those feelings, with the overwhelm and the sense of fear and all those what-ifs and, you know, and whatever it was for you that you made the experience mean or that it meant to you, we're able to kind of start shifting through it. Mm. And, you know, in a business, and I'm sure this happens to so many people in leadership roles, I had to keep it together. Mm. There was no way I could fall apart on the day because that wasn't going to look good <laughs> when you've yeah. got a team of staff. So, you know, and I did. And, and you know, they were absolutely fantastic. But at the end of the day, it's when it kicks in. I mean, I remember 
you might know this story too, the pilot, Richard de Crepney, and he obviously, yes. under very difficult circumstances, landed that Qantas flight, the QF-32, safely, which was, you know, extraordinary skill. It had nothing mm. to do with luck, amazing mm. skill and an amazing pilot. And he talks about it wasn't until, you know, because then they debriefed and then he would have had all sorts of things. So days later, even though he was safe and everybody on that flight was safe, he absolutely, well, I think he suffered terrible post-traumatic stress for months and months. I'm sure um, that he would have. Yeah. You know, it would be a sort of almost a no-brainer to me that he would have, mm. you know, despite that incredible share of resilience at the time, you know, we dig deep, we we connect with our role, don't we? I am we a do. mother or I am the boss or I am in charge or whatever it is that allows us to rally, but it doesn't change the internal reaction that's going on underneath in our nervous system that recognizes the threat or at some point in in you know in the following weeks recognizes the threat and begins to process it yeah so i'm a person that's never and it's not true that i don't believe in it i've never sought any kind of counseling or mm. i've never felt that i needed it right but i've always acknowledged that it's it's really good for people and you know it's it's certainly needed but when i think about all the little traumas and then the accumulation of trauma, I can see why, you know, some people have different coping mechanisms and some people can cope and I can mm. see how quickly you can be tipped over the edge. It's yeah. really tough, isn't it? You've phrased it so well. That's exactly right. They kind of stack up on top of each other. We all experience them. You know, that's really a big thing in the book is me trying to say, this is something we all need to be understanding because we we all experience trauma, you know, between 70 and 90% of us will experience those kind of bigger, severe trauma, 70 to 90%. I mean, that's most humans, isn't it? That's, mm-hmm. that's all of us, mm-hmm. you know, we're all going to experience those big, severe kind of events, but also underneath that are the little ones that stack on top of each other. And I'm, I'm absolutely not saying that everyone's walking around with extreme trauma symptoms but what I am saying is that you can get stuck in them and you're exa- exactly right. It's often to do with those coping mechanisms. The coping skills that we develop are often the difference. It's certainly in the people that I've ever spoken with between those who have managed to shift through it and who are still stuck with it within some kind of reaction, mm-hmm. not, not necessarily a big one, but, but even the, the, the smaller ones, you know, whether it's anxiety or shame, low self-worth, you know, they're commonplace mm-hmm. ones that, that that many of us can relate to. Mm. One of the members of my family um, on Saturday night, when I, I said, she said, how are you? I said, oh, I, I'm just, I think I'm in shock. Oh, well, it happened to thousands of people. Oh, oh wow. Wow. And yeah, I think wow. that's a common response to a lot of people. Don't you think? 100% I write about it in the book. It's, it's I, I hear it so often, is as soon as we speak a truth that is, that, that, that makes us vulnerable, that shows, yeah, that shows our pain, that puts us in that, that kind of state of vulnerability and, and, and almost shows a weakness, I suppose. People just shoot it down mm. time and time again. It wasn't that bad. What are you talking about? It wasn't that bad. So there's just that invalidation, which, which is so key to why symptoms develop. So if we're able to see the invalid, see that they, they didn't validate my feelings, that wasn't okay, and then maybe go somewhere else to, to a different friend or, you know, that, that will say, I hear you. I really hear you. Um, you look, you sound frightened. Of course it was traumatic. I get it. That helps us not fall into those, um, more difficult coping mechanisms. 
So tell me a little bit about you. How did you become Dr. Sarah Woodhouse? Ah, um, how did I become Dr. Sarah Woodhouse? Well, before I did psychology, I worked in lobbying, which was a, a great job. And, and my final job was in the music industry. So I worked for the big record labels. Um, yeah, it was super fun. And the last project that I did was with Reprieve. I don't know if you've heard of that charity. They're, they're just wonderful. They do incredible work. They they repatriate people that are held in extraordinary renditions. So people that are in sort of secret, secret jails with no access to legal counsel. They were one of the leading forces on um, kind of educating us all and lobbying governments on closing Guantanamo. So they, they, they do incredible work. And I happened to work along with them because they had realized they had a lot of reports saying that music was being used as a form of torture. So they, they called, kind of called on the record labels and said, surely this isn't okay. No, it's absolutely not. And we were working with them. And, and honestly, that was the first time, you know, speak, working alongside clinical psychologists who were so fluent in trauma and understood it and meeting people you know, that had, or at least speaking to them, you know, people who'd been in Guantanamo and seeing the the extreme effects of trauma. I was just taken. Like I was just, it, it just, you know, when you find your topic, you just know. And it really was that simple for me. I just knew I would spend my life trying to figure it out because at the same time, and in the book, I talk about this. So personally, I was working with a therapist who had said to me, I, th- I think you're, you're experiencing trauma symptoms. I think something's happened. So I had these two polar opposites kind of going on. I had this extreme image or beginning to understand trauma up here, working with someone who had extreme PTSD. And then I was here and it was sort of the first time I was thinking, but then what is trauma? How do do we both have it? What, What is it? And I just, I became completely fascinated with that question. What's trauma? Why do we all respond differently? How can it be these symptoms here and, and all of this up here? Because in a way, even though for a lot of people, this whole area is, is you know, trying to get understand it. And for some people, it's very frightening or it's, mm. you know, I'm not going near it. And for some people, they embrace it. But there are recognised diseases, if what like anxiety. So we're starting more and more to accept anxiety, mm. I think. You know, whereas, say, 10 years ago, if you were an anxious person, that just meant that you were a nervous person and nothing outside of that. Um, it. it so conditions, I guess, that's the word I'm looking for. But trauma, when I saw your book, I thought, wow, is that something that we talk about? Like we talk about anxiety, like we talk about depression. Have we talked about trauma before on a scale like this? Have we? No. And that's my hope. My hope is that it becomes the next thing that we all become fluent in. Mm. And it's funny that you mention anxiety because I think part of our ability to now talk about it has come from recognizing that anxiety exists on a spectrum so yes you've got generalized anxiety disorder you have have people as I have been at certain times in my life you know trapped within that yeah um for for months decades you know months years decades it, it can be but then down here, we all know what anxiety feels like, right? Even if it's just to do with an event, you know, before, so before I, I came to speak to you, I could feel I was a little bit anxious. Mm-hmm. We understand that it happens on a spectrum, right? And my, my dearest hope is that, is that we begin to view trauma in the same way so that we can see that actually that there's a spectrum of symptoms, there's a spectrum of reactions, and we have all experienced those symptoms. And no, not all of us have PTSD and not all of us will have it. But if that's up here, okay, well, what's happening further down here? 
So my hope is that that's that's what we begin to open up to is understanding that it really is something we all need to look at. So then did you go back and do further studies? Is that what happened? Yes, exactly. So I had that experience professionally and personally. And within two months of finishing the project with Reprieve, I'd approached the University of Sussex to to retrain in psychology. And I went there with an absolute mission. You know, I was I was certain that I wasn't just studying psych, I wasn't just there to study psychology, I was there to study trauma. And at the time they didn't really, it wasn't, it wasn't something that that the department was really even particularly looking at, but they saw my passion and potential, I suppose, and we and we made it work together. So they were hugely supportive. And how did you get to Australia? Oh, the, the honest answer to that is Brexit. That's right. Wow, that's silly. Yes, yes, it was. Um, Another trauma. Yeah, it really was. You know, particularly I'd say for my husband, he found it phenomenally painful. In a way, I've always been very politically um, engaged. It's a really important part of me. Of course, I worked in lobbying, and 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 I've just that's how my parents brought me up was to was to care and 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 to to be involved and to understand things that were happening i studied political economy and politics and but my husband hasn't always been that way that's the truth he, he hasn't always been but this thing that he saw happen to his wonderful country he he truly did experience it as a trauma you know it was it was not okay to him and he he was yeah he was extremely emotional about it and that was i would say the first moment that we said okay well maybe you know maybe we try something different Mm. You know, we don't have to sit in the pain we don't have to sit here we, we can do what we want and and that was the first step and he began applying for jobs over here mm. and here we are I think almost every immigrant has experienced trauma yes mm. I think that's true I think in a lot I think that's I think in lots of different ways that's true mm. I, I definitely do whether it's to do with where you're coming from actually or even the experience of assimilating I mean, I have found it, I'm allowed to say that I found it incredibly difficult, mm. far more difficult. You know, I'm a resilient person. I have enormous amount of coping mechanisms, have a huge support network that I can access, you know, even though we're far away that I can access whenever I need it. And yet still, it's been so hard. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It is so hard. 
my parents immigrated from Lebanon to Australia, and I feel as though a lot of my family, like a lot of she and her her siblings, I mean, you know, they've raised, they've worked hard, they've raised great children, us, (laughs) and they've lived a very, very good life, and it was the right decision for them to come here, but it hasn't been easy, and I think a lot of Mm -hmm. it is trauma. But I, I really think that we underestimate the difficulty of living somewhere else. I mean, for a long time... I wouldn't have even classified, and this was just my ignorance, but I didn't think that people like you were immigrants because mm. in this country particularly we labelled the Italians, the Greeks, the you know, and, you know, I was at school, I suffered a huge amount of um, discrimination and, you know, and that was Australia back then. Even though we were felt very welcome, there was huge, the fact that I looked different, I had different mm. food for lunch and whatever. And I used to look at, say, people that had immigrated from the UK mainly, I didn't see a lot of people in the US when I was young that had immigrated, and I would think that they were lucky, like Irish people that come over because they weren't experiencing the same they weren't having the same experience as me. But mm. as I'm older, I've realised that the experience is very, very similar. We just had an added kind of like teasing me- uh, mechanism, I guess, you know, made us more resilient. But everybody feels displaced and I think that is traumatic. Everybody feels displaced and othered, you yes. know, sort of like you you, yes. you are over there. There's a distance, yes. absolutely. Yeah. I, I've no doubt that your experiences actually were quite different Um, in terms of that sort of um, racial element yes Um, they would have been different but yes that 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 basic premise of you are different to us yeah absolutely is is yeah just extremely Mm. painful Uh, and there's this too and you've probably experienced this so I I've pre-COVID, um, I used to frequent the US a lot. I've got very, very good friends in San Francisco, so I would visit once or twice a year. And sometimes I would spend two to three months, another time I'd spend two to three weeks. But I remember um, coming back one time, catching public transport, and because it was underground in San Francisco, <laughs> and coming out and feeling completely disorientated. I didn't know whether to go forward, to go back, to go this. And I stopped and started to cry. It's like, I don't know how to get around here. And the familiarity of home, it's as simple as that, isn't it? Yes, sometimes? absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I took it all for granted. And everyone yes. said to me, it will be so hard. I was like, I know, I know it'll be so hard. And with three kids, Sarah, I know, I know it'll be so hard, but I'm resilient. I'm going to be totally okay. I'm going to be fine. And yeah, I mean, a year in, I was... I'd go as far to say I wasn't very well. You know, yeah. it was it was enormously stressful. And it is, uh, the, the baseline is that sort of just day to day. Absolutely. You know, my Sainsbury's and my Marks and Spencer's, I just, or to have a conversation that didn't feel different, you know, yeah. just, just to feel really known and seen in that way that you do at home that I didn't even realise was happening when I was at home. Well, you don't know how much you know, like in terms of getting around and, you know, because I know Sydney inside out. I grew up here. Mm. I just know every bit of it. So you don't know that you know that until you don't know that. Yes, exactly. That is exactly right. I had no idea what I was losing until I came and didn't have it and then felt deeply unsafe and afraid, not because I wasn't hugely welcomed and people weren't polite, People have been lovely, you know, yeah. polite and welcoming and all the things you would want from a community to to open their arms and say hi. Yet still there was there's just that underlying feeling of oh, I don't quite get this. I don't know how this works, mm-hmm. which leaves you with a, a, a sort of, yeah, a lack of sort of sense of safety, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk to me about the symptoms of trauma. How do you identify them? Um, well, they're extremely broad, 
But I would say what we're looking for and what I would recommend that people focus on. So take shame. That's a, that's a common symptom of trauma, but, but it's also something we all experience. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, if you're experiencing shame, it could be a trauma. It's absolutely not the case. It's a, it's a normal human reaction. What we look for is repetition and strength. So if you're repeatedly feeling shame in a strong and elevated way, then that's when I would be saying, okay, there might be something here. This might be part of an older reaction to something that happened. And that would be the same for any of the um, the symptoms, whether you think about um, anxiety, um, sort of often feeling afraid, feeling sort of sense of threat, even the behavioral ones like people pleasing and thinking about all of those coping mechanisms. So um, compulsive busyness, constantly trying to avoid your feelings. So looking at your phone or uh, obsessively thinking about work, even, you know, that that's, that's within that sort of avoidant coping. And then there are the more physical symptoms. So we're thinking about kind of racing heart, even sort of tingling or, or sweating, feeling uh, dissociation is, is another big one, which really means that you're kind of feeling really spaced out. Um, and it's actually much more common, I think, than people realise. It's, it's, it's quite a medical word, dissociation. But actually, when, when I explain it and dig down, people go, oh, yeah, no, I, I, I do experience that. I, I do have explain that. Explain that again. So dissociation is where we feel sort of floaty and, and, and spaced out. And a kind of separate, not connected. So very separate from what's going on, almost as if there's a, there's a sort of piece of glass between us and the world. And people do experience it differently. Mm -hmm. Um, Some feel it's very floaty, but essentially that's it. It's feeling disconnected from what's going on around us. And especially when I'm speaking to people that are experiencing, have been diagnosed with other, other kinds of conditions, other kinds of disorders, depression, anxiety, they say, no, I I do. I experience that a lot. I I do experience dissociation. And that's when they might open up and start thinking, okay, well, maybe my anxiety is a reaction to something that happened a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And so what are the steps to healing? Oh, it always begins with awareness. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's what I would say. It's really, we observe what's going on in our day-to-day life. So I would really urge people if, if, if this is, brought something up for you and you're thinking oh this does sound a little familiar first of all don't panic it you know that everything I'm trying to say is it's okay it's human once you know what it is you can properly heal you know so first don't panic and then it's really about observation so looking at what's going on in your life and and you're looking for those repetitive triggers so am I often feeling anxiety around when I'm around a certain type of person or a certain person or in a certain situation or the same for shame, any of those symptoms you're looking for, whether they're repetitive. And if, you know, if as you're considering your own reactions over say a week or a month, you do realize there is repetition actually. Every time I'm in that situation with the children, I'm having a really similar reaction. Then that's when I'd be starting to use the word triggered. Okay. Well, something's being triggered there. Mm. And that's possibly stemming from a past event. Mm. So that's the, that's the first step is, is observation. Yeah. And therapy helps? Yes, therapy yeah. does help. Absolutely. It yeah. does. I always recommend that people begin very gently and softly and slowly because trauma healing isn't all about therapy. It's it's not all about that kind of deeper processing. It's actually a lot to do with looking at today and healing today. Mm-hmm. So we look at we might look at our coping mechanisms, for example. That's something I would really urge people to look at early on in their journey because once we begin to look at our coping 
first of all, everything begins to kind of flow again because we're not so stuck. We're not avoiding our feelings. And also that enables us to build up great coping mechanisms. So as we journey, as we might have to go to therapy and have those much tougher conversations, we've already started developing great coping mechanisms to help us to help us do that. Mm. But therapy certainly helps. It's, 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 I mean, most people, I would say at some point, as not most people, but a lot of people mm. will go to therapy to try and do that deeper processing. Yeah. Mm. What about COVID? Yeah. What I about mean, COVID? You're going to make me cry. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I, so many people have been ad- affected adversely, you know, um, and that's another thing that I thought about, you know, my, you know, minor trauma on Thursday is I think that the trauma for me was the uncertainty and the mm. lack of control. And yeah. then I look at all those thousands of people that have been affected by COVID, you know, the, all those, you know, hotel workers or entertainment musicians, authors, writers, waiters, you know, and you think that is really, I think we are looking down the barrel of some really big conditions where people will need some support. Well, and probably now. I think so too. And yeah, massive I really change do. of behaviour. Mm. When you look at the entire picture of what people are being asked to do, and the overlaying sense of threat to my family, to myself, literally a, a threat of life. You know, I'm, I could lose my life. So that's the context we're all operating in, which is the first tick for trauma, you know, that habit, having that sense of threat. And then the overwhelm and, and the social isolation. So being separated from those who might help us re-regulate and co-regulate and calm our bodies, you know, cuddles with the people we need. That's what I mean. It, it's... It's just, yes, I'm I'm extremely concerned. And actually that's part of the reason that I am trying, I'm working as quickly as I can, sort of turning the book into a course, an online course to try and give people uh, uh, some support through it. But in terms of the trauma that I think we're going to see over the next couple of years, I'm, yeah, I'm very concerned. And I just hope that through this book and, you know, and just an increased ability and willingness and openness to talking about trauma, that we can that we can all support each other through it. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's incredible. I, I really I think more and more, and the loss of human contact I think is massive. You know, yeah. even though your your job might be okay and you know your family might be okay, but that not being able to hug people or, or even see people smile on the street, I'm finding that really challenging. Oh, it's it's awful. And mm. and when you know coming from a, when I put my researcher hat back on, you know when you look at any um mental health issue or when you know looking at PTSD which is which is my speciality when you look right back okay what's what's back there what causes it lack of social support lack of contact they're always there you know it's 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 a, it's a huge problem mm. taking that away from people and something that we're all going to be dealing with I would imagine for the next five years Mm. trying to give we gift people we give people that sense of safety that they've lost that sense of connection because zoom is amazing it's absolutely amazing of course it is but many people have gone inwards you know they've because sometimes coping is about shutting down just so you can protect yourself isn't it 100 percent. and i I feel like a lot of people are doing that people are responding very differently Mm. either people are really engaging with what's going on in zoom or for so many people they're they're just going inwards Mm. you know they're they're avoiding any type of help which is extremely extremely common if we're at the beginning of that traumatic reaction Mm. so your advice to our listeners would be 
My advice would be to learn about trauma. Mm. I think that's where it all starts is to, is to, is to read and listen and open up to it because it's one of these words that we react to. Well, I certainly used to just push it away. That's just too scary, too veterany, too much, you know, and it's not true. What we think trauma is, isn't true. It's a reaction. It's a very normal human reaction. So if you can open up to it, just, just take a peek see what's there and see if, if any of it feels familiar, you know, and, t- and take it from there. Because, because once we know what the actual issue is, you know, it's of course, especially relevant if people are having a difficult time, you know, once you know what it is, once you know what the root cause is, you can heal in a really deep way, you know, because healing is very possible from trauma. But of course, first of all, we need to know that it's trauma so that we can then engage with all those incredible treatments and therapies that are, are around even self-help you know all the amazing self-help techniques that we can use at home that can help us really begin to shift and heal and move move on yeah it's acknowledging it isn't it Sarah thank you so much for your time the book is called you're not broken and really really appreciate your time I think it was very timely for for me and for us at better reading thank you thank you so much it's been so wonderful to talk If you'd like more information about Better Reading, follow us on Facebook or visit betterreading.com.au. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio. Belinda Audiobooks are available on CD and MP3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere, or you can download from Audible, Google Play or the iBookstore. We've also created our own app called BorrowBox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library, and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of ebooks and e audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape, imagine, grow, and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. 
The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.